that its soldiers opened fire on peaceful anti-government protesters in Lagos yesterday. It does, however, acknowledge the incident and says it will investigate. According to witness reports, at least 12 people were killed and others wounded after soldiers opened fire. Amnesty International says it has credible reports of deaths. Thousands of Nigerians have demonstrated nationwide every day for nearly two weeks against a police unit called the Special Anti-Robbery Squad. Human rights groups have for years accused it of extortion, harassment, torture and murders. The unit was disbanded last week, but demonstrations have persisted, with some calling for a raft of law enforcement reforms. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Provoking the Conversation podcast. It's me again, and... um, Real quick story here to kind of start the podcast and um, just to talk about a few things. Um, last episode, I mentioned some things about SARS and I told you I didn't know a lot about the situation that was happening over in Nigeria. Um, and I wanted to come back this episode and really talk about it a little bit more. So that's what I want to start with. Um, so for those of you who don't know, right now there are, and I'm just going to get straight to it, I'm kind of going to skip the pleasantries because this is something that's serious and it does need to be talked about, um, especially in circles that it's not really familiar. Um, so STARS, like, STARS stands for um, Special Anti-Robbery Squad. And this has been going on for a while in Nigeria. Um, the people of Nigeria have been calling for SARS to end. They have been accused of robbery, extortion, and this is basically um, a part of their police force. And they've accused this part of the police force of police brutality and things of that nature. Um, so just to give you a little bit of background information, the Special Anti-Robbery Squad, or SARS, was assembled in 1992 after armed robbery became rampant as most army and police resources were being utilized to find the person who murdered a Nigerian army colonel at Lagos checkpoint. Since the inception, SARS has abused its use of power by unlawfully arresting, harassing, kidnapping, detaining, raping, extorting, and stealing money from the same citizens it was meant to protect. So some of the things that I just mentioned. So, you know, a lot of people are calling for this unit. Well, the unit's already been disbanded, but a lot of the protests right now going on in Nigeria are calling for police reform. Very similar to what's going on here in America, or what recently went on here in America, but not exactly the same. Um, There's been a lot of outcry on Twitter and other social media platforms, so if you haven't seen it by now, um, check the hashtag. Um, N-SARS, that's E-N-D-S-A-R-S. Um, so you should be able to, if you check that hashtag and see a lot of the posts about it. People like Rihanna, Beyonce have already spoken up about this. Some famous celebrities are part Nigerian, so they brought this up as well. I mean, this is really something we should be paying attention to. Because I think this is a great example, guys, that is... That police brutality is not just some America or American or black people or a liberal made up thing. This is something that happens everywhere. This is something that can happen in any country when people who were put in a place of power choose to abuse it. 
Now, I, I don't know a lot about the status of them and their police reform, but there were also reports that people were shot. Um, some of the demonstrators were shot during some of these demonstrations and protests. Um, so I urge you guys to look for ways to try to support this cause. I urge you guys to be aware of it, learn about it. I've been reading up on articles about it to see if there's any ways that I can help or any ways that I can become more familiarized with what's going on. And this is, um, on, a, on a personal note, this pains me because, you know, a lot of the people in Nigeria, they look like me. They're people of color. Um, you know, not to bring race into this, but, it, you know, it pains me to see people that look like me in, in so much pain. And, um, yeah, I, I just think this is something that Americans need to pay attention to and we need to speak out about to cause awareness. They've asked for the the leader of Nigeria. I don't know if he's called the president or prime minister or whatever. I'm not exactly sure. I don't want to be wrong here. They called for him to step down. They called for police reform. And those things are needed. Those things need to happen because obviously this unit was designed to do something and it hasn't been doing it. And now they're shooting demonstrators in the street. Um, it, it's very similar, guys. And some of you may be listening to this like, why does this matter to me, Sean? Well, because maybe in the country that you live in, if you're an American listening to this, I don't know if I have any international listeners, but if you're an American listening to this, this you just watch this happen in your country. People in New York and other places went to protest against police violence and inequality, and they were met with tear gas and rubber bullets. Now, good thing about America, they couldn't just go around and start shooting and killing people because they would be really outraged then. But they're in a country in Nigeria where, you know, they may be able to get away with killing one or two people and, and maybe be able to say, well, this person wasn't shot or killed. So I just think it's important for us to just, you know, realize that this one, because of the country we live in, we didn't experience this, but we are kind of experienced this and we did. Um, so some of the things that you could do to help, um, mentioned in this post um, that I came across, um, if you could donate, there are plenty of donations um, swinging around the red, um, excuse me, floating around the web. Just make sure it's a good one. Um, educate yourself about it. Amplify. If you see a post, retweet it, share it. This is this is big. Um, we, we have to use what voices we can. I'm not asking, like when the Black Lives Matter protests were going on, I wasn't asking everybody to go out in the street because I know everybody can't do that. I was going to ask everybody to wear Black Lives Matter things because I know everybody can't do that. But what I am asking you is to at least educate yourself, at least use the platforms that you are given, such as social media that most of you end up spending hours and hours on not doing anything worth, worth your time or anything worth value anyway. You can at least push a button. You can at least show some empathy. Um, so I wanted to take a few moments and speak on that because I know last time I didn't have a lot of information for you guys. Um, I know I didn't talk about it a lot. I Actually, what I'll do as well, the post that I came across that gave me a little bit more information about the situation, I will share the link in the bio to this episode so you all can start educating yourselves. You know, um, hashtag NSORS. Um, I pray for the people over there in Nigeria. Um, and this does kind of hit me home because I, I know how it is a little bit to live in a country where police brutality is something. 
And you know what? I guarantee those others around the globe, black, white, European, whatever, that deal with this. And there shouldn't be any room in society for people to take advantage of the power they're given. It's supposed to be protect and serve. And I'm pretty sure no matter where you go, their police force is supposed to follow some of the same rules. But unfortunately, as a human race, we fail to care about and love each other enough to not do these things. So again, all of you talk about spread love, and I hear a lot of you talking about you know mental health and care about each other. Well, and I, but I think we we drop the ball a lot of times when it's actually time for us to step up and do something. So I'm using my voice. I know not a lot of people listen to this podcast. I don't care. Share it with your friends. You have the ability to take the information I gave you and tell somebody else because a lot of you out there can reach people that I've not been able to reach yet. We're working on it, but we haven't been able to reach them yet, so I'm depending on you guys, my fans. So thank you, thank you for letting me get that off my chest. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! So, they are at it again. They're going to go at it again. In the blue corner, I don't know how much he weighs, but I know he's old and he and sometimes he can't complete a sentence. And in the red corner, he's a piece of work and he says whatever he wants. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, these two dogs and presidential candidates and whatever else you want to say and basically the two people that we've been obsessing over for the last two months before the election they're gonna go go at it again and i'm gonna get my popcorn out i'm gonna have my drink probably the drink is gonna need to be alcoholic no no there's no problem i'm probably gonna drink an alcoholic beverage doing this and i'm gonna watch them do it again so um on thursday october 22nd um you guys by the time you hear this podcast this has already happened but there's supposed to be another presidential debate. So on my next podcast, I'll talk about it a little bit. But some of the things that I expect here, um, I expect it to be a little bit better, a, a little bit more structured. And the reason behind that is because the rules have actually changed. There was an announcement that the next presidential debate, they will actually have their mics um, muted. So the, the way it's going to work, and I'm going to read this, I'm read this, um, post that I came across. The Commission on Presidential Debates announced the change to ensure that both candidates can speak without interruption after President Donald Trump constantly spoke over former President Joe Biden during the last debate. Um, well, let's keep in mind here, I'm kind of going off, off rip with this post. Um, Biden also talked over Trump, but that's neither here or there. Each candidate will be given two minutes of uninterrupted speaking time at the beginning of the 15-minute segments, while the other candidate's microphone will be muted. Um, just one thing that I've heard, Donald Trump doesn't like this rule. He thinks it's unfair. He thinks it's unconstitutional and all those other words he likes to use. Um, Biden is for this. Well, th this is strictly because, this is my opinion, and I, this is why I think Trump doesn't like it. Trump doesn't like it because now he cannot interrupt Biden when Biden says something that he has some type of rebuttal or, you know, throwback to. 
But this also is the same thing for Biden. Biden can't interrupt Trump. But I think Biden here is the, what, what gives the advantage to Biden. He's able to get his whole point across. And not that his points are truly articulate or truly, you know, really good points. It's that Biden, again, his strength in this election is reaching the people, especially the people who have been affected by the coronavirus, the people who have been affected by Trump's individual's decisions. So he's able to get his whole spill and touch the emotions of the public um, with these new rules. And I think that's where Biden's really going to take over some of the voters that have not been decided. Now, this is if Trump does this right, this is an advantage for him, too. He has one last opportunity to articulate some of the things that have been really that, you know, people really been on his case about. Um, first thing that comes to mind, how him and Pence have handled coronavirus. You know, how are you going to handle it in the future? What's your future plan? These are questions that have come up in debates and we really haven't heard an answer. And Pence really didn't give an answer. Pence is the best avoider of questions ever. So this is going to be Donald Trump's last chance to really give an answer and maybe swing some voters. The other one that comes to mind is that you know, what are you going to do about the social outcry? You know, all the Black Lives Matter protests. How are you going to handle that? Because those are two issues that Biden clearly has the side of the people and probably is the big reason why Biden is winning the polls right now, because those two things are the two things in the front focus. And Trump has yet right now to give a reasonable response or plan to those things, at least in my opinion. Maybe I haven't read the article, but he needs to do it on the national stage. Um, he needs to do it on the national stage to get some of those voters that are not decided yet on his side, because right now he's losing. And every, every you know, TV show, every online polling statistics, any every analytics guys has him losing. And he knows that, and Pence knows that. Um, at least I hope they do. So they know this is critical. Because if you look at the numbers, um, I think, was it NBC or some news channel released the numbers of the two town hall meetings they had last week, um, and Trump lost that too. More people tuned in for Biden's. I, I, think, I, I think more people are concerned about what Biden is going to do as president, because I think a lot of people have made up in their mind that he is already going to be president, that he's already going to win. You know, similar to what we did with Hillary. You know, Ebba was more concerned about what is Hillary going to do as president, so more people are listening to this person more critically um, than Trump, because they don't think Trump's going to win. Now, here's the difference between the last election and this one. People didn't know back then Trump was what he was. And I'm not, I'm not big on talking bad about people, but Let's be real, a lot of Americans don't like Trump. A lot of Americans don't like Biden either, but they're like, ah, I'd rather take Biden than Trump. Um, so, you know, that's, a, that's the opinion of a lot of Americans. That's not necessarily my individual opinion. I think I'm going to save that for another podcast because we'll be here for about three hours, and I don't think you guys want to listen to me ramble that long. But I thought that was interesting that they're muting the mics. I, I think it's the right thing to do. You can't have them talking over each other. And it's actually, we might actually, oh, this is going to be amazing. I might actually hear some points. They might actually answer some questions instead of yelling at each other. So I, I, I thought that was an interesting point. I think that will be good. I think this last presidential debate, we'll see them unload the clip here. We'll see 
We'll see them try to do everything in their power to swing voters. But in my personal opinion, from what I've watched and from what I've seen and from hearing that so many voters have already voted, I mean, I think the only way Biden loses this election is if, you know, I think the two states that really trouble me are Florida and Pennsylvania. I live in PA, so for those of you who don't live in PA, those of you who do, um, if I go around the block about two times, I'm going to see a very solid mixture of Biden and Harris and Trump and Pence. It's a mixture. I'm serious. Maybe in some neighborhoods you see more than others based off demographics. Um, but at least where I live, which is a mostly mixed neighborhood, you see a little bit of both, which to me makes me nervous. Even though right now Biden is ahead in the polls for Pennsylvania, we don't know how these things are going to play out. Because again, we still have a couple weeks. So we still have some more mail-in vote voters that are going to mail in their ballots. We still have people that are going to show up on actual election day too. So we're not in the clear yet for those. Well, let's not say we, all you Democrats who voted for Biden. I'm not saying who I voted for. I think if you know me, you listen to this podcast, you have an idea who I voted for. Um, but I'm trying to stay objective here with, you know, I'm not trying to influence anybody to vote for one or the other. I'm just giving my opinion here. Um, so I think that was interesting here and in how they're going to change the rules here. Now, another story that kind of came out it has nothing to do with the presidential debate. I'm kind of going to leave the heavy stuff. Well, this might be heavy for some of you. Um, celebrity Jesse Williams. Jesse. Jesse, 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 Jesse. Jesse. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, Jesse. Mm. So Jesse Williams has been ordered to pay 40K in monthly child support as he settles his divorce with Aaron Drake Lee. So looks like Jesse, I pray for all parties involved, of course. Um, but he has to pay this child support. And this this kind of brought up an interesting thing. You know, and I always thought about this, and maybe maybe some of you can answer this question for me. Is that how do they determine how much child support you get? Is it just based off your income? This may be a dumb question too, but is it based off your income? Is it based on how much you were spending on your child before? I really need to get a lawyer on this show because they would be able to tell me this without thinking. Um, but just going to read the post here. So Jesse Williams, he was all over the gram with his, I guess, his new boo, Taylor Page. Um, but it looks like he is dealing with and finalizing his divorce. And it looks like he's officially a single man. So it looks like it did go through. He has two children, 40K a month for each of them. And he's also still on the hook for 40K a month in child support back pay from the time the two split in 2017 up until October 29. Jeez. Luckily for Jesse, the judge ruled that he can keep the 936 $936,810,000 he made from Grey's Anatomy and will also be able to hold on to his 2018 Porsche SUV. As for Aaron, she will be walking away with three homes and that's where the article clicks off. I don't think I really want to read this anymore. Here we go. Uh, yeah, Sean's going to bring up this topic again. Prenups. And I'm pretty sure there's something in a, you can write something in a prenup about how the kids are going to be taken care of if you have children. But this this is me again going into not saying that I'm going to have the conversation of a prenup for any 
women that are listening to this podcast that are into me or maybe no one's into me and probably me bringing up prenups multiple times this podcast has made me a single man for the rest of my life i can live with that but anyways th- this is where this is why i brought up the conversation in the first place in some of those earlier episodes because she walks away with three homes i don't know how many homes they got but geez how many homes you need to live in like there there has to be a certain level of Okay, maybe she was with him and helped him build all that. But how much of it becomes obsessive? How much of it becomes a little too much? A lot of women are probably arguing with me about this point. But I'm trying to think about it from both ends. Think about if he, if, if she was the rich one and he wasn't. Would we be looking at this the same way? Would the justice system, and I think no, based on what I've seen, but I could be wrong. Ha- will the justice system treat him the same way? as a spouse, as they treat women. This is kind of my whole thing here, is that I I don't think it's going to treat them both the same way if they were in opposite positions. So I think when I see cases like this, and I'm almost like, is all this necessary? Now, the child support stuff, okay, great, gravy. The kids need to be taken care of. The kids are used to a lifestyle. Um, But I've been a big component of, you give this person, this person should get enough money that they can you know, go sustain a reasonable life, not a super lavish life. And that should be it. You know, you give them a flat sum amount of whatever money they could, should be able to live off that for forever. You know, if you hand me $500,000, I'm good. Uh, my, I don't have any debt. I'm good. I could live off for, I could live off of that for a long time. Um, but for some reason, it's when these divorces happen, you know, even though we're not together any anymore, one of the spouses are still supposed to pay a certain amount to make sure that person can still live like they're still together. That's the point I'm trying to get to. If you're divorced and I'm supposed to pay a certain amount of money, you know, for the divorce because you helped me build this. But even after we're separated, I'm still paying you money or you're still getting a, such a big sum of my money. You could basically live like we're still together. What's the point of the divorce? What's the point of actually getting a divorce? Just so you could have the money without me being around? And vice versa. This isn't just a man and a woman thing. This is a woman and a man thing, no matter what what you're talking about. Just something that kind of bubbles my mind. And I don't know all the details. Maybe I'm not educated about it. But it's just something that comes to mind. And I say all the time, if someone can explain it better than me, or someone can explain it to me enough that I understand it, I'm really willing to listen. So let's let's move away from Jesse and have the pay child support. I pray for all parties involved. Hopefully, you know, you know, they both find happiness at some point. Now, someone who hasn't really found happiness, you know, recently is um someone's been attacked over the internet, and it's probably some of your, one of your favorite people if you're a Marvel's Marvel person, Chris Pratt. He's known for playing for playing Star Lord. Um, and Guardians of the Galaxy and some of the Avengers movies. Um, so recently, um, Chris Pratt caught some, you know, some very harsh criticism from fans and people alike over the internet. Um, there was um, there was a fundraiser for the Joe Biden campaign that a lot of the Avengers stars um, joined in. 
Um, and Chris Pratt did not join in, and he received a lot of gruff on Twitter. So let me read you some of this article. In case you didn't hear about this, this is more gossip and stuff like that, but I, I think this is interesting here, and I'll talk about it in a sec. Uh, so fans of the blockbuster movie series Avengers can virtually hang out with six of the stars Tuesday, which Tuesday would have passed already. Um, if they contributed to Joe Biden's presidential campaign, but it's an anchor, it's, but it's an actor who's not attending who's getting the most attention on Twitter and most of its hate. Chris Pratt, known for his roles in Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy as well as Parks and Recs, was blasted on social media platform on the social media platform by people who said he has conspicuous absence. Um was evidence of his secret support of President Donald Trump. And then somebody also said that, um, there was a tweet that went out about this, that are people really just finding out that Chris Pratt is a Republican, considering he's been following Ben Sharpio and Dan Crenshaw for a while? Hold on, wait a second, that doesn't make him a Republican. This is Sean talking, this doesn't make him a Republican. I also follow Ben Sharpio. I know you guys are shocked, but I do it purposely to make sure I'm getting objective view on my timeline. You know, um, I do that on purpose. Doesn't mean I like any of his stuff. Doesn't mean I retweeted. It. It's simply there to give me another point of view. Most of the most of the stuff I do not agree with. I do it the same thing with Kansas Owens. You know, a lot of you don't have the mental wherewithal to look at something you disagree with and be able to look at it and analyze it and still say, okay, it's a good point, but I still disagree, or it's a bad point, I disagree. A lot of you don't have that, so that's going to sound crazy that I follow people that are completely on a different end of the spectrum to me. So don't worry about it. You'll you're, you're understand that when you get older. But that tweet, is I'm just throwing that out the window because that doesn't mean he's a Republican. I mean, it's a good trip, but I follow Republicans and Democrats, so what the heck am I? I'm Sean. Well, that's what I am. The article goes on to talk about, you know, different things that Chris Pratt's done. It looks like there was some controversy with his church. Um, this brings me to something. <laughs> this brings me to a culture that we kind of need to kind of do away with. It's called cancer culture. Cancer culture was really hit its peak this year in my eyes. And it hit its peak right after with the big with all the big events with Black Lives Matter. And with that happening. We saw a lot of people who, you know, said some things on the internet and showed their real selves who deserved to be canceled. And we saw some people on the internet who questioned the status quo, which I don't mind them doing, and was still canceled because you didn't immediately agree with the left or the right. Cancel culture is very dangerous. It, it, it's a very nasty and dangerous thing because if we don't take time to hear each other's point of views, at least a little bit, or at least read it, um, in some cases, you know, that's very dangerous. We could be canceling somebody who actually is on our side. If you guys haven't gotten around to it, you need to watch the Netflix film, The Social Dilemma, okay? It's a great film. It's a great documentary about social media apps. And it, it, it talks about in this film how we, based on who you follow, based on what you like, all the different algorithms, um, it digs you deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into that side. So, for an example, if I was on Instagram um, and I follow five pages with Instagram models, and I, I want you to test this out yourself because I guarantee you notice, 
Follow five pages with Instagram models, go like their pictures, and then go on your explore page and guess what it's going to show you. Hold on. Think about it. Let's think about it. No, 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 no. I want you guys to think about it. Use your brains for once. Yeah, it's going to show you Instagram models. Same thing with anything else you read on Instagram. And this is what the film talks about. Try not to give it away. But if you follow Democrats and you like all that stuff, it's only going to show you left, you know, um, well, excuse me, left wing and Democratic things. If you only like Republican and right wing things, right wing things, it's only going to show you those type of things in your explore. Same thing with um, YouTube. YouTube uses a, a similar algorithm. Those suggested videos that you get, it's based on what you've viewed before. Like I watch videos of the Joe Button podcast, so it shows me different videos of the Joe Button podcast, different videos of the Joe Button network, you know, things like that, because it's trying to get get you to things you they it thinks you like. So if you're balanced with your liking, like I try to be after watching this film, that says I follow Republicans and right wings and Democrats and left wings, it shows me a little bit of both. And that's perfectly fine because I know I'm very comfortable in who I am and what I believe in. I can look at all of these and see and look at them objectively. And it's good to, you know, understand the other person's point of view, not because I plan on agreeing, but because, you know, being a one-sided person is a dangerous thing. There's this picture floating around the internet um, of a guy holding up the number three with his fingers. And from a side view, it looks like he's holding up the middle finger. But from the front view, he's holding up three fingers. And the caption is, um, perceptive is everything. You know, how you look at things is everything. If you don't take time to look at things in multiple angles, you're never going to know the full story. Now, I know, I know that went over some of your heads and you're like, you're crazy. You're not supposed to follow Republicans. And, you know, you're a Trump and MAGA Sean. And you know what? I got one thing to say. Whoever thinks that, fuck you. You can stop listening. Anyways. What did you say? Um, yeah, that, that about Chris Powell. Um, I, I thought that was interesting. That reminded me of cancer culture. We kind of need to stop, guys. Stop canceling people based on one action. And, and something else someone else brought up about all this that I was reading about on Twitter. If we're going to tear Chris Pratt apart, and people came to Chris Pratt's defense, I mean like celebrities, you know, like some of his co-stars did. A lot of people came to his defense here. But someone brought up, say, hey, Brie Larson, those of you who don't know who Brie Larson is, she's another star of the Marvel movies. She was Captain Marvel, blonde woman. Very attractive, in my eyes at least. I think she's attractive. But a lot of people, she was being harassed, I think it was last year or a couple years ago, on Twitter. And a lot of people didn't come defend her, except for other women, of course. So if we're going to go ahead and, you know, defend Chris Pratt, we need to, where was the defense for Brie Larson? You know, that's where we as a society some fail women, but that's a whole nother thing. Again, we were willing to listen. People were willing to come to Chris Pratt's aid and understand his point of view. But I didn't see any of those co-stars coming to Brie Larson's end. They might have hit her with a, oh, this is part of the business. And, oh, I'm sorry that you're going through that. But none of them jumped on social media platforms, at least to my knowledge, to defend her. So that's, again, with cancer culture, you know? Some people get that aid of saying, no, he's good, he's cool. And some people don't. But we wouldn't need that if we just took a minute and listened to each other. But, you know, this is just Sean talking. I'm just a guy on a podcast that not a lot of people listen to. But probably th those of you who do listen to this, um, 
you're probably not going to hear what I'm saying anyway. And if you do, I'm happy you do. But you got to start, we got to get out of this mentality of as soon as someone said something, it's completely wrong. Now, I'm not saying you got to agree. I've said that multiple times. doesn't mean you have to agree. You can respectfully disagree on certain things. You know, racism, hate for people, killing, murder. I'm not going to agree with you with. You know, I'm not going to sit here and have a discussion with you if you're breaking in my house. No, um, you're getting an ass whooping. You're, 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 I'm opening a can of whoop ass on you. And I might get my gun. You know, that's going to happen. Those things you can't really or can't really uh, debate about, right? But things such as you know foreign policy, taxes, those are things that are debatable because it's it's kind of those are gray areas. They're hard to, they're examined. You know, is Chris Pratt a Trumper or not? Well, let's look at the evidence and let's talk about it. You know, things like that need to have discussions. Again. We're not going to have a discussion about racism or killing or murder or disrespecting women because there's, no there's no room in society for those things. All right, a couple pieces of news that are... Um, actually, before um, I get to my last piece of news, just a little, little thing from the sports world. The NFL is continuing to get COVID tests. A few other teams have tested positive, but they are navigating. I think they switched about like 10, 15 games now. It's driving me nuts because there was an NFL game. There was two, there was two NFL games on Monday. There was, I think, last week there was an NFL game on Tuesday, and then I have to try and watch college games. Um, yeah. So if you, if I, if I text you, any of my friends who listen to this, and I'm, you know, watching NFL on Wednesday, it's because of COVID. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Rays and the LA Dodgers on reaching the World Series. Um, I don't know if I said this has happened a while ago, but congratulations to the LA Lakers for winning the NBA championship. Um, LeBron James is the GOAT. I don't know if we need to have this discussion anymore. This is not a sports podcast, so I'm not spending a lot of time here, but he is the top three player ever. I will argue with any of you about that. Do with that as you wish. Um, LSU. So LSU has recently banned one of its greatest players in history, Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. was banded from LSU's facilities due to his activities um, in the NCAA championship. So during the NCAA, so LSU recently won the NCAA football championship. Um, Odell Beckham was there, and he was there um, excited, excited that his team won because he went to that school, and he actually went and handed out money to the players after they win. Now, for those of you who may have been college athletes, um, or may have not been college athletes, the NCAA is very, 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 very strict about where athletes can receive payments and endorsements. So this was actually considered um, a violation, um, and this was considered a, a violation of improper boosting payments. So LSU has banded Odell Beckham from its football facilities for two years. All he did was hand hand the kids a couple dollar bills. And he can't come to his own model. If I was Odell Beckham, I'd be like, all right, you know. I, look, I'm an endorsement for you guys. People want to come to your school because I used to play here because I put you guys on the map. It's just amazing how some of these universities treat you after you're done. After you leave the university, you are chopped liver. There's no, that old alumni association, it's called, well, we want you to be alumni so you can give us money. 
We don't actually want it to be part. We don't want you to actually be part of the community. We want your money. We want you to go be famous. We want you to advertise our university. And then we want your money. Come on, like, I don't think a two-year suspension, maybe a year, like, hey, Odell, just take a year off from being around the program. We'll let the heat down down. We love you. We'll send you some free stuff. And then when you're able to come back, we'll have a big celebration. Happy you're back. Bring you on recruiting trip. Like, come on. This is... This is BS. Like this is just this is just the school, the business of schools and trying to protect their brand. Because the NCAA says where well, they could they shouldn't be accepting payments. Let the kids get a couple hundred dollar bills. They just won the championship. That really grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? You America. Anyways, last thing I'm going to talk about the today guys. So there was a recent article that was just released, and this is Bloomsburg Business Week, and it says that an econ- economist has found that $16 trillion has been lost in the American economy due to racial bias. So let me talk about this a little bit. So her name is Dana Pearson, and she is a black woman. Let's go. Um, who was a CTI group, global economist, excuse me, we called her own experiences obligatory while researching how gaps between black and white Americans eat into the economic output. I'll read a little bit more of this. As protests against racial injustice erupt across the U.S. in late May, an economist on Wall Street set aside her usual work of analyzing monetary policy and all things macro, to try her hand at something few her field has attempted, qualifying the cause of racism to the world's largest economy. So she's from New Jersey, yada, yada, yada. Um, several months later, after she did this research, she revealed how that, econ- that economic boom believed a glaring number. Closing racial gaps would have generated an additional $16 trillion in economic output since 2000. So she went two decades back and realized that if you close the racial gap, by her numbers, um, that's $16 trillion. I don't know if that's the exact number I would agree with, but you, you got to think about it. If, if some of these communities have more money to spend, that, that's obviously going to boost the economy. Now, I'm not going to get into how that would affect inflation and other elements of, you know, the economy, but I think there's some merit to this. Now, if you guys are interested in this, you can Google this, and she has a 104-page report that breaks this all down. Now, she's only 44, so she's not, so she's not, she's not old at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought this was interesting. And the the number one thing that kind of came to my mind when I saw this is that the the economic the, the wage gap, the racial gap, all that gap, you know, if you close the gap, not only what happens to the economy, I think people are really scared of letting this gap close and why people some against, you know, um some politician working towards to close the gap, um, because it's a whole different America we're looking at. We're not looking at an America where people can look at you different because you don't make a lot of money or where we can stick mostly African-Americans and low-income community or mostly low-income communities. So then you can't paint the narrative. 
He can't paint the, mar- the narrative that African Americans are thugs or, you know, come from the hood. You can't um, paint the narrative because some people think that, you know, we're untrained. Um, you can't paint those narratives anymore. I'm not, I'm not saying that all Americans think that way, but I think there are some narratives out there that, you know, if that gap was to disappear, I think we'd be looking at a different America. And that kind of makes me think, um, if you guys, what, what do you think that America looks like? Hmm? I mean, does it look like the America you envisioned? Does it look different? Imagine, you know, especially people who live in Pittsburgh who listen to this. Imagine imagine what it looks like when you walk into a country club or somewhere where a lot of rich people are. Imagine what it looks like. It doesn't look like a whole bunch of black people. You don't see Sean in there most of the time, unless I'm with somebody. You see white men in suits. Imagine America with a mixed breed of people in that room. I think that's the America I signed up for. I'm not saying it can't happen now, but I'm just saying we all know. And if you've done any type of studying or any type of any type of looking into the wage gap or how economics work in America, you know there's a gap between men and women and also between people of color and people of non-color. We know this. And I've talked about this on this um, podcast. So just what would that America look like? And that got me thinking. And I don't really know, but I, I want to leave you guys with, with, with that question. You know, so just think about what that America would look like. All right, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Again, um, I want you to, again, I've been saying download us on Spotify, but I want you to do something else. I just need you guys to follow us. There is a follow button. When you go on the podcast on Spotify, if you do Spotify, right there where you see provoking the conversation, right below it, right there below it, it's not hard. Just move your mouse, hit follow. Hit follow for me. If you're on Apple Podcasts, right when you get to Apple Podcasts, right below where it says provoking the conversation, right there, right there, hit subscribe for me. Leave me a review. Help the podcast out. Help promote. If you think what I'm saying here is worth some value, Share it with your friends. If you think what I'm saying here is worth other people listening to, um, you know, leave us a review. Help the podcast out. I'll be asking for my listeners to, um, in the future to help me out in other ways. Um, but I really think, um, again, what this podcast is created for is to really provoke this type of conversation. And if you guys have anybody you think I should talk to on this show, shoot them my way. I'm an open book. Republican, Democrat, you know, black, white, red, yellow, tall. If it's a guy, he just can't be more handsome than me. He just can't. Can't make me look bad. Um, yeah, so just no men handsome to me. Everybody else, I'm fine with. So guys, once again, thank you for listening. If no one's told you today, I love you. Be safe. Wear a mask. And like I always say, guys, keep talking. <laughs>